Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm the Teach. And welcome to Naughty and the Teach. This week, we are your favorite and imperfect black hotties. Yes, we never claim to be perfect. And here we are in all of our imperfect splendor. So I'm going to explain why I chose that word later. But first, we're going to pop off. And uh, no sound. Yeah, as we said last week, we are trying to get a new one that will hopefully come soon. Yeah, we're working on the new sound. So Naughty, how would you like to pop off this week? So I know I normally do a pop culture popping off, but I've been off of Instagram on the on our, you know, Naughty in the Teach account and on my own personal account. So, um, you know, just trying to shift my focus back into the positive and not focus on all the things on the Internet. Yeah. And as we talked about last week, you know, everything on in the media, social media included, isn't always the most positive, isn't always the most beneficial for us and our mental, our physical, all of our mindsets. So, you know, always a focus to the positive. We always recommend. I have been all up in the internets. Um, and one of the major things that the internet has been losing their minds of is Drake dropped an album, a surprise album to a lot of people that gets is getting very, very mixed reviews. Um, people are unhappy mostly because Drake is doing house-inspired music and they do not expect nor people want that from Drake. So anytime an artist steps out of the bubble that fans fans put them in when they do something they feel is out of the ordinary they trash it automatically without actually giving it a chance i'm sorry but if the, all the drake fans who feel that way are have not been listening because he had house music songs on thank me later yeah so this is this has been his vibe he's coming back around so that was the buzz and everybody was like oh how could he do this and then beyonce dropped <laughs> a house inspired track and then the, the tone kind of changed a bit I don't know if the internet was like, damn, we can't say nothing about Beyonce because the Bay Hive and fanaticism. Please look back. We checked that episode. And we spoke about Beyonce specifically. And if they were like, oh, I don't know if we could say fanaticism or whatever, or that's more expected from Beyonce because she has been, she is multi-hyphenated in many, 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 many ways. So I don't know if that's really why people have be reacted one way to Beyonce's um, house-inspired song versus Drake's house-inspired album. So, um, again, give it a chance. Let an artist grow, develop, be who they are, try different things, support it if it works for you. If it don't work for you, don't, don't support it. Don't listen to it. I also, Go back and listen to the old stuff. I also don't get how people can have such a strong opinion on music with only listening to a body of work once. Like, artists put so much work into into their music, into an album specific, especially, and to say, like, oh, it's trash after sitting with it one time, it is just so unfair. Yeah, and again, yes, you may have, like, been super excited for the Drake album to drop, and then it was something different than what you expected, but... Again, the internet is the internet, you know? People, we, we are consuming whatever people are saying, whatever people are doing, and all that is happening is that we're just taking it in, we're regurgitating it, we're, it's, and it affects us. It affects our mindset. It affects the way we view things. I wonder how many people felt like, oh, you know what? This is a different way that Drake is approaching it. Maybe we should give it a chance, but they heard so many people 
with their negative opinion. They're like, yeah, this is trash too. Yeah, before they, because I, please the, like me. Before I, before I left the internet, his album dropped. So I saw people saying like, oh, let me give it another chance. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, I actually like it. Especially when the opinion came out like, um, that Drake's album is for like rich people or better people who are better off so it's like oh you can't understand it and you true? don't like it because you're poor i didn't even know that no that's what people were saying and it was like oh yeah i like it now i'm not poor yeah it's like it's like you can't you don't like jake because you work a nine to five you still work a nine to five buddy you just now you see the difference in opinion so now you want to like it too oh, so wow. like come on i didn't even know that was a thing yeah maybe i'm not all up on the internets like i thought i was <laughs> um yeah i i I think that's also a lot of the follow follow the leader, follow what's trending, follow what's trendy. Stuff goes viral because everybody's following it. Everybody's, you know, watching it, streaming it, taking it in. And, you know, people are then mimicking that same behavior. So if you had a video that dropped and it went viral and I'm like, damn, how do I get like that? Oh, let me have the same opinion. Let me do exactly what she's doing so that way my video can garner those same views, same likes. People like my tweets, my opinions, whatever I got to say. And then we're just having a culture of people just redoing the same thing over and over. That's happening a lot with kids on TikTok. Like there, there are, there's been a lot of instances where um, kids like, or people with Tourette's, they make videos explaining their Tourette's and what, um, and like how it affects them. But it, because Tourette's affects younger people, like uh, seemingly a lot more. Um, it's a lot of younger kids and so then other kids copy it to get the views and then they're like oh and now i feel so loved i don't have it anymore yeah and <laughs> Wait, what because kids don't understand they don't understand that like you can't just get it and then not have it so then that they're making so like they're they're making up this whole thing for tiktok and then be like oh now nah, i'm good now i did know this there was a video of this woman who was faking having tourette's and the thing she was doing, I'm going to try to find the video and show it to you. Mm -hmm. but when you see it, it's like, it's so ridiculous. Um, I only seen one video where she's um, trying to pack some stuff in like envelopes. But the thing she's doing is like very different. Like she's putting her head. It's like, I'm a bird. I'm a bird. <laughs> like that's not what that mm -hmm. is. Smell it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's. Uh. You're like, clearly you don't understand what you're trying to pretend to be. So, you know, that's the internet for you. But anyway, going back to Drake and then Beyonce dropped the house inspired album mm -hmm. and people loved it for the most part or they didn't say they didn't like it at all. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Uh oh. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a, a, a little I guess assessment. I don't know. Uh -oh. I'm losing I don't have the word in my mind. But but when Beyonce dropped Beyonce, right? Drake dropped if you're reading this is too late. He like fucked up her whole shit. You think Beyonce was like, because Beyonce had announced that the her album was coming out in 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 uh yeah in UK Vogue, and now Drake drops his thing low key, and now Beyonce's like, fuck you, this is payback. Drops and drops she house music, the house house single on purpose. It was she was like, because you know she's been she's been um the last couple of albums she hasn't been doing singles. She's been dropping whole projects. Yeah, yeah. Not, and not just albums. She's been dropping like um not only the music. She's been dropping like an entire story of music videos. Yo, she did that on purpose. It was the last gang, major gang. Beyonce drop was Lemonade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So that calls for the good. Now the bad. Mm. So, 
the U.S. Supreme Court today just shot down some uh, some restrictive gun laws from the state of New York. So in a 63 conservative majority vote, um, guns being carried outside the home for quote-unquote self-defense will be allowed, which weakens some of the most restrictive gun laws in the country. And uh, we live in the state of New York. Guns wasn't or concealed carrier people having guns legally or just everybody having guns wasn't something that we are, we were concerned about. Um, we also know that we have a gun problem in the country and we're having a burgeoning gun problem of illegal guns, ghost guns, however you want to word them in the city. But now this is going to open it up so that people can carry guns in self-defense. Now, as far as the legality of it, if you need permits, all of that is, 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 is still going on. But this vote and this and also the way that Clarence Thomas, which I'll get to in a second, who wrote his opinion for uh, for the majority, um, he talks about the right to bear arms and what that looks like. And bearing arms also means that they should also be able to have guns outside of the home. So people normally have guns inside the home to protect their home from any invaders and the intruders, private property, et cetera, et cetera, which that is a slippery slope in certain places because you could be like not too far from their property, but they would still consider it private property and pull guns on you. But now people can go outside and it just limited some uh, restrictive gun laws that we have had um, in the country. So the biggest thing that we are concerned is it'll increase the number of guns because people from, you know, you open carry, I, we don't know how that's going to look yet. We know there's places where people are literally marching with their assault rifle for whatever reason to show how small their penis is. I don't know whatever the reason why they're choosing to do it, but now it weakened some restrictive gun laws in light of all of the mass shootings. We spoke about it last week. We spoke, we, we know about Uvalde, and this is on the heels of all of that. This is on the heels of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. This is on the heels of Tennessee. This is on the heels of California. This is on the heels of Uvalde. Maryland. Like, and <sighs> there's going to be more challenges from other states and other parts for to challenge on the basis of the Second Amendment, if which is the right to bear arms, which was written at a time in which they were trying to, you know, stop themselves from being <laughs> invaded. But also, if you also have to think about the, yes, they were stopping themselves from getting invaded, but even the kind of guns the that they had. You have, yes. like, having, having um, a militia, having a stockpile of guns, you had, like, it was, I guess, more necessary because you had to literally, after you fired a bullet, you had to get on your knee, you had to push the bullet back in, you had to, cl you had to clean out the, the, the barrel, put a bullet in, um, you know, take the, take what the thing that pushes the bullet in out of the, out of the barrel and then, you know, restart. So there would be times where people would, like, you had a whole bunch of people just aiming at other, at the target so that they can actually defend themselves. Now you have automatic weapons. It's completely different. It's also like we were talking about in the last episode, people are just holding on to power when it comes to yep. keeping these gun laws because yep. when the Black Panthers in Oakland, when they were um, 
when they were patrolling um, the the Capitol in California, do you know that it was very, very quickly that uh, California um, changed their open carry laws and that's why they didn't have them for so long was because the Black Panthers were out there patrolling because they used to, they used to carry rifles too. There's pictures of them with, with, with books on their steps and, and they actually knew all of the laws unlike some police officers because the, most of them were lawyers. Yeah. Um, Clarence Thomas, for, in, for the majority, he wrote the opinion um, about the right to bear arms. He also said that it violates the ruling in New York City, uh, New York State, excuse me, violated the 14th Amendment, which gets interested. So everything that they argued in the way that they voted. Now, there's also talk that this very soon in the next couple of days, maybe the next couple of weeks, that dreaded, feared abortion vote is also going to happen and it's going to look a 6-3 majority um, against it in favor of the conservative majority that is already in the Supreme Court. Now, um, Joe Biden made a statement about how this is, you know, wrong and bad. He used better words, obviously, but at this point, what are y'all going to do about it? Like, you've seen everything that was put into place was literally put into place for one side to get to this point. They made, cho they made choices. They've t made decisions to basically bogart and get this majority that they have now. And then in all the time that there's power, there is a chance to actually make changes and repel some of the, the attacks, the the installations that they've already done. What did we what what are what are they doing? Um, Democrats? Nothing. Nothing. They are talking about reaching across the aisle against hands that keep slapping them away. And it's like also like Joe Biden, he's been a politician so long, you helped put these things in place. A career politician. Any any career politician makes me nervous because you have a career of doing what exactly? And then he, he all his his um validation for the choices that he's made when they've been racist or prejudiced in another way. It's like oh, I was speaking on the behalf of my constituents, but it's like not all your constituents are fucking white people. And that's what it always comes down to. Is it's always that double speak. And this is also the same man who said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. This is the same man who, when, I feel like people always uh, like go over this, but when he was running, when he was campaigning for vice president, he had said that he does not believe in abortion. He said that. He was like, you, he kind of cleaned it up and was like, you know, it's your right to choose, but so I won't tell anybody what to do. But he was very adamant to say that he did not believe in it. So I don't, when it comes to uh, abortion rights and I don't really think he's invested in protecting them because yeah. it doesn't fit his own um, his own beliefs. Yeah, not at all. And it's this country is changing. We're having more guns, more mass shootings, and then we're going to make restrictive laws that makes it harder for people to have guns and to use guns. We're going to get rid of them. It makes no sense. I'm tired of living in a country that revolves around thoughts and prayers. These things, it's like we have to live with the reality. And then the only thing we could say is thoughts and prayers for those of us who may have gotten caught into this life-changing, life-ending, traumatic experience of being in a mass shooting. And it's just like, well, thoughts and prayers to you. 
and all the victims. It's it's just it's it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling about and you know in New York that was not something that we had to worry because I've been to other cities in which that concealed carry is a thing mm-hmm. and yo they utilize it so much and then also there's also those cities where what do they call it the one um where Trayvon Martin got killed oh, in Georgia. open carry no, no no the other oh de- when you can defend your property yes the defensive. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's you have the you have the right to defend your property. But it's not just the property; it's also uh, stand your ground. That's oh. what it is. The stand your ground law, like you know, certain states choose to implement that. How long before the uh, Supreme Court steps in and, and once it gets challenged, because it will get challenged by somebody, and then that becomes a thing. So now we have people with guns everywhere claiming stand your ground. I got to, and it always I got into an argument. Somebody ends up killed. And you know what's going to happen? More people of color are going to get killed by with by guns by people who are going to get off because they're going to claim stand your ground. They're going to claim that they were afraid. They were in fearful of their life, even if that person is unarmed. And that's what worries me. It is, I don't know how we keep going down this path. We did see this coming, but it doesn't hit any differently knowing that it could happen and it will probably happen it's still devastating regardless and i just don't understand how he all these mass shootings let's make it easier let's take the limited places in which they have restrictive gun laws and then abolish them it makes no fucking sense it just makes no fucking sense yeah but that's what happens when you have like a faux democracy and the same people hold their power and there's like little or to nothing being done to change the hands that hold the power. Biden got elected because there was the, out of the two candidates for a lot of people, he was the better candidate, but that's the sad part. And the other, but that's the thing we say it's a democracy, but Bernie Sanders couldn't actually run. Yes. It's you, it's a two party system and two parties is very limited. For those countries who have more, you can see that there's at least a third or a fourth voice that can say, hey, this and that. And then you can weigh, because there's always that career politician. There's always that legacy politician who's my family, my father, my mother, blah, 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 blah. Then there's always that candidate who's like, damn, that candidate might actually try and make a difference. Will they be able to? Probably not, because the parties are established. They're all working together and they're all like, hey, any changes that come is very, very incremental. There's nobody who's going to come and overhaul the system for the better of the people because there's too many hands at, at, at stake. There's too many people who have their hands everywhere. There's the people who are donating money who definitely want to see things that change for their benefit. And those benefits typically do not benefit the people and uh, I, I don't know i just and with i feel like with those donations they're getting it coming and going because they're donating and then they can claim it so they get a, a kickback so, yeah you, so, yeah you know. or you're gonna help get me some contracts within your 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 the government or i'm gonna be able to get the zoning change so that way i can build or shit i'm gonna sell you toxic salmon to the inner city Oh, you're going to look the other way because I'm about to be convicted for some shit? Cool. Here's a couple of 
thousands, millions, whatever bucks. And this is, I think it's going to get real rough in, I mean, not like, I think it's going to get real rough in America with all these different laws changing. And then it seems like, um, you know, farmers are having a hard time, like with, you know, they have a lot of cattle dying. The cost of, um, the cost of care for animals is going up. And I think it's just going to have such a cascading effect, like all these different laws changing, people not being able to buy certain, like buy meat at all. There even being the availability of meat. So we have like, going to have like a, a, like a smaller food source, guns out, winter, you know, for, it's going to be rough. I was hoping that this was going to be a hot he, she, them summer. But I think the heat that's going to be brought is going to be a very unwanted or unnecessary heat. As a New Yorker, this is devastating that this law that has been in place in order to help at least maintain some level of safety. Remember, as New Yorkers, we have to worry about many, many things. And we talked about this in the New York episode. Mm -hmm. Now we have to worry about who and what is carrying a gun and who's going to claim self-defense when they use it. Yeah, because I bef before this, you if you wanted to have a gun, even in your home, you had to file it with the police. So this like really changes that. It gives people, uh, it, I guess, makes it more comfortable to have a gun. How many more school shootings are we going to have? How many more mass shootings are we going to have? How many more guns are going to be available for people who may not be the most stable may may have very evil and i'm not even going to use the mental health argument how many people are going to have evil intentions yeah because i think there was a shooting in a hospital because someone was upset um, he was upset about the care that he felt he received and the doctor wasn't giving him enough attention so he went back and killed multiple people then i think in in maryland it was a, there it was a shooting I believe it was Maryland. Um, the, the shooting was in a facility. So it, somebody went and shut up their job. Yes. Yes. You know? I mean, listen, we all get upset at our job, but we know we can't go back and shoot it. Yeah. Now this might be something. Oh, well. I'm, I apologize if it, if it wasn't Maryland because I feel like it was either Maryland or Indiana. And, and the unfortunate part is that I can't say it was this place because it, it never happened. So it happened so often, you know. And then we'll just get rid of restrictive ah, it's just you know fucking ridiculous. and the the focus has been on uvaldi because it was children and they keep talking about like how the bullets evaporated their bodies and they're trying to invoke that kind of message but unfortunately i feel like because the the children primarily were not white that it's like yeah okay we also didn't even talk about how <laughs> the police lied the police lied about their response they claim they were waiting for these keys in order to get into a door that only opens one way, by the way. They were in the building. There is video of them in the building standing around as kids are dying. They, they said they didn't have the proper equipment. You could see them with the proper equipment and in the building, in the video. And it just came out that one of the teachers who, who was murdered, not the that husband, died. The husband, you mean? No, one of the teachers who was murdered, her husband was a police yeah, officer. They and escorted she, him off. The no, no, they didn't just escort him off. She called him to say she was dying. And when he went to go in, they arrested him along with the other parents and they took his gun away. So, And they escorted him off the yeah. scene. But I mean, to say they escorted him off is not, like they arrested Sorry, him. Yes, they arrested him. They, they arrested they him. They detained him and told him he could not be part while he waited and his wife literally was murdered. She called him when she to say she got shot. 
I I just I don't who who is this supposed to benefit? Like I, if it's about the people, what people is this benefiting? It ben- people I, who are going to shoot and kill people? I think the it benefits the people in power and if you if if you're looking at it like you can make the general statement that most of the people who are being who are being murdered by people who have guns, whether or not it's purposeful or accidental, are not people who are in the upper echelon. They look it's, like me. Yes, it's going. To, it's going to be black people. It's going to be Latinx people. It's going to be especially especially after you know President Trump with COVID. It's going to be Asian people, and intersectionally, they're all generally going to be people who are in poverty, poverty adjacent. Or pop, like you know, middle class. They're not going to be, you know, the wealthy or the rich. So it's okay if we die. It's just a. It's a very you know, and people and people are so used to violence. It's an easy way to say the. It's an easy way to keep the genocide going. Yeah, we got to do better. We got to be better. But I'm gonna stop because we have a whole topic <laughs> that we need to go on. That was a little this. worked up. I apologize. Um, so let's move on to our digging deep. So for this episode, we are going to be looking at identity, but we're going to use this, use what we spoke about last episode as a bridge, because we talked about a lot of things. And if you need a moment, you can pause right here. It's all good. And go back and listen to the episode uh, from <laughs> last week. Um, we, we have no problem with that. The episode was titled... Uh, Media, <laughs> media, and its effect on who we are. The media's influence on the who influence, we are. Sorry, not effect. Influence on who we are, and that will help to be the bridge that will lead you when we talk about identity. So, naughty. Yeah. What would you, do you have to say about your identity or identity in general? Oh well, before I sorry, excuse me. Before I get to that, I want to explain why I chose the word imperfect for this week. Ooh. So you know. Actually, you know, we've gone through a lot of transitions in this past year, you know, just reflecting, being aware, being accountable. Tell them what you've been doing. Working on your shit. Working on my shit. Work on your shit. You know. Working on my shit. You know, future merch, future merch. And, you know, we've been honest about, like, how we've been feeling. This week, I'm sad girl. Last week, Teach was sad boy. You know, we're... Multiple things to be true at once. Exactly. So, um, just through all these transitions, um, a line that has stuck for me from Nicki Minaj's song, Fly, featuring Rihanna, you know, two queens, wow, love them, stan, um, is the line, I'm not a word, I'm not a line, I'm not a girl that could ever be defined. And um, I really want to keep saying it, but I'm not going to start rapping. Um, So I think we constantly talked about how, or we talk about on the podcast, how a big part of being human is being aware, being accountable, and being reflective. And um, I I think, you know, all of that is to say that to, to be a good person is to continue to practice, you know, all of the things that you learn, is to practice accountability, is to practice being aware, is to practice being reflective so that you can get better at it. So th- there is never going to be perfection because you there is always room for improvement. There's always room to get better. And I think when you come from a place of being aware and reflective of your imperfection, you can grow and that's what we want to do. Yeah, and to keep it real, we're not trying to present ourselves as anybody but who we authentically are. We are not perfect. We are not, you know, we're not better 
then everybody, we're not going to present ourselves as wearing some upper echelon of like above, you know, emotions, above having hard times, about having hard days, about our own mental health struggles. There is no such thing as perfection with Naughty or with the Teach. So we are going to acknowledge us. We're going to acknowledge you when you interact with us. Definitely keep doing that. We're going to acknowledge the fact that we live in an imperfect society. I just went on a rant. Yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> guns and the fact that we keep the country, the people in power, the people who can control these things, keep making it more accessible and keep taking away times and places to follow a constitution or in the excuse of or I'm going to say in my opinion the excuse of using the constitution to keep constantly having more guns we are a gun society we are a, con a consumer society yes but we're also now a very much a gun a gun and violence society and it, it's oh, anyway sorry that's I mean, not what we're talking about <laughs> i mean you know last week i said we are a society with violence woven into yeah. our culture so hey hey yeah you know so uh but imperfection it's really about how you maneuver around the imperfection and when we talk about our identity we're gonna get to that oh <laughs> i know it's gonna be like such a big shift but you know you're on the ride with us and that's okay so you know as the That's teacher said, yeah, <laughs> because it's going to get crazy. If you've ever seen Cooley High, um, we're driving the car and you're just fucking scared for your life. Um, I hope somebody has seen that. That's yeah. listening. It's a classic. And if you haven't, you've seen it. Recommendation, uh, Cooley High. It's free on YouTube. There you go. That was a plug. Um, anyways, so... As a teacher said, you know, we were talking about how media shapes how we think. And I wanted to talk about, you know, how it also like shapes part of our identities. You know, what we read. It's not just like, you know, obviously like the people you encounter shape who you are, you know. And I also had this, I'm going on a tangent. I had this interesting idea, you know, like every every little habit that you have, you've kind of picked up from somebody else who's picked it up from somebody else who's picked it up from somebody else. So we're all just picking things up from other other people and other things that we consume. So um, I just wanted to talk about how like the books and TVs and movies, you know, how it frames our, our identities. Like we all know somebody who is like a hopeless romantic and who thinks that things are going to play out in a meet cute, you know, or play out like a movie and you're like life is not you have to like remind them that life is not a movie life is not like a fairy tale but it's because of you know the way the the way that romantic comedies are that they think that way and it's shaped their thinking and shaped their opinions about love that's why you see people who have never been in relationships you you still go to them for advice you they still have some type of knowledge to tie to tie it all back as well the media that we consume, the TV shows we watch, the romantic comedies, they're there in order to keep perpetuating that same thinking, that same thoughts. And when we watch it, or when we watch a movie and we see struggle love, and we think, oh, wow, that's the way it's supposed to be. Me and my spouse, husband, whoever are going through the same thing. It's just like in that TV show I love. It's just like in that TV show I enjoy. And that kind of shapes 
you as the individual, but it also shapes how you're interacting with other individuals. I do have to say, like, you know, we've spoken about Grey's Anatomy a few times on this podcast. Once or twice. And, you know, and I do have to say, like, if you are a fan of that show or, you know, even if you know a little bit about it, the way it started off was Meredith literally begging for Derek to pick her, to choose her. Just pick me? Yeah, at that at that moment, at that moment, she literally, I think at that, that might be a simp because she literally said, pick me, choose me, love me. That was the line. And I think, you know, she was chasing him for so much of their relationship, even once they got married, um, because she was like trying to strive to 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 be this idea. And Christina had gone through the same thing with Owen and Burke. And I think that had a that had a really big effect, you know, just on how I think that has an effect on how people see themselves because when you even if you are not living the exact same life as the characters you are watching, when you, at, you become invested in their lives and pieces of them, you know, kind of land on you because you see yourself in them, you know. And I think that when you then come to season 10, when, you know, Christina, sorry, spoiler alert, when Christina is getting her own independence and she's leaving the hospital, when Christina makes the choice that she's happy, you know, she's happy to be alone and that she's happy to, you know, to put herself first and choose her career, no matter if that means that she will end up being like um, like an old maid or single. And she tells Meredith that you're the son. You don't have to chase Derek's dream. You don't have to, you know, you don't have like the idea that Meredith did not have to struggle with her own self-identity to make her husband happy was a really big revelation that I think that people are really coming to now. You know, even though we have not been in the biggest favor of Red Table Talk, a lot of what they, like, in, at least in the beginning, what their viewpoint was, was that, you know, you if you are not a happy person, you won't be, you know, if you're not putting the effort into yourself, you can't put effort into your relationship. If you're not a happy person, you won't have a happy relationship. If you're that not happy, Red Table Talk, yeah, Jada Pinkett That's actually very ironic. But if okay, you're I'm sorry. if you're not a happy person, like you won't be a good parent. And I've said this to the teach mm. that I think that you know a miserable person will make an abusive parent because you, you know, if misery misery loves, loves company, yeah, yes, but but misery loves company. But misery is not a party. The The reason, the, the way that misery gets company is by making other people miserable. And the way you do that is by attacking them and being abusive. That's how you how, that's how misery gets the company. So, you know, I think that there's been a really big shift in thinking. And I'm not going to put, I'm not going to say that like Shonda Rhimes, you know, like changed the world and was like, you know, you can have independence and be happy and also be in a relationship. But there has been a really big shift in thinking I feel like recently with how people view their independence within relationships, particularly for women. So how does, how does that form their identity? I, I feel like for me, um, you know, I feel like I've, I've, for a long time I felt like out of place with my age. Cause I feel like I'm kind of like a very traditional per, like person. Like, you know, I feel like people don't go on dates anymore. Everybody's like talking and I'm like, that's just not going to be who I am. I also realized I have, very little experience with dating having only had one boyfriend so everything that I'm basing my feelings off of are what I have consumed and what I've read and of course even in the most tragic stories um 
and where the love is like a really big struggle, you know, they it there's still some kind of courting. There's still some there's still some kind of tradition, you know. And I feel like we talked about Twilight. That I feel like the fact that I read that in my formative years, I kind of was like, you for a long time, I was like, you know, it's okay that you struggle. It's so you know. In, you can be in such great pain, but you know, you're loved and you are loving someone. So it's worth it. And that's kind of shaped my identity because it's made me believe that it's okay for me to be second, even in my own mind. Um, but do you also think that because of the way that... Not anymore, uh, though. We've changed that. We've changed that, well, y'all. Then, did you think that because of the way it ends in like this happy ending, that like it's you have to struggle to get to the finish line? I don't know. It's like, I don't know if it's that you have to... I didn't believe that you had to struggle to get to the finish line, but th that struggle was unnecessary. Or you, I, I was comfortable with the fact that struggle was in the love that I had. You know, I was comfortable with the yeah. fact that I felt like I was being treated like garbage, but I was like, I'm being loved and I am loving someone, so that's okay. This relationship makes me whole. Like that I didn't, like the... The media I consumed allowed me to believe that it was okay to feel like all like of not feeling like of not even putting the effort of being a whole person into myself because I was in a relationship. Yeah. And I want to, can I, can I piggyback from that? Yeah. I mean, even for me, I've, you know, because of the way I grew up and growing up in group homes and the childcare setting and foster care and all of that, there's always going to be a void. And I think that you find things to try to fill that void. But there's also that label of being a survivor, which is a survivor is a lateral move from a victim. Yeah, I think it's it just has better PR. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a perspective shift because you survived. Yeah, you survived all that happened to you. You are still you were still a victim because it still happened. And I'm not, and yes, obviously, it means you overcame and you're like, hey, maybe never again. There's not saying that, but I'm saying for me, it was just more like, okay, I'm a survivor. And that was my identity. Mm -hmm. You know, it became just that. I didn't really know myself or enough besides the fact that I survived uh, living this life that I lived. Also, you know, when you're a survivor, there's this sense of pride that makes you feel. Like you're not whole, but you still are trying to find things in order to fill that to make you whole relationships, other things, whatever one might do. But when you try to find when you're coming in not whole and you're trying to find people who, you know, who aren't supportive friends or anything like that, but like a relationship to make you whole, you're coming in already at a handicap in a relationship. And like for me, I'm a survivor in a different way, but I've never made that part of my identity because I've, it's felt like for me, even like, like I feel like I've survived it. And now I feel like I've overcome the feelings of like worthlessness and like I deserve what happened to me, but it's, it still feels like an open wound. Just, I mean, I guess before when it, it like when it, when I was really going through it, it felt like, you know, when you get a gaping cut and it was like someone put salt in it, that's what it emotionally felt like. And I, but I guess now it's like, it's a scab, but it's still a wound that, you know, that it's a part of me, but I don't, 
I don't, I've never made it part of my identity because I don't want to, I don't know. I just really don't want to be associated with the fact that I was raped, but that's a very different than your circumstance. No, no, I get it. I get it. But if you want to continue, I don't want to. No. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm done. So I also wanted to say like that everything that this is why we stress working on your shit because these are the things that we carry and it's up to us to try our best to either try to find what can help us, what can be supportive to us, what can really help us get to that point of being whole. And I'm going to use that loosely. You know, we're all the work in progress. There's never going to be a day where we're, we're the absolute best version we can be. We could be the best version we could be for today, but tomorrow we should be making continuous progress. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm 40 now and I have reached my peak and I, I'm, there's no improvement and you go on to live for another 40, 50 years. Yes, that does happen. But <laughs> we're, many encur people, but we're encouraging you to do the opposite yes. and to always practice getting better yes. or being better. Part of our identity is what we do to take care and support ourselves. Sometimes, you know, you have to look at you, yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. We live in a consumer society. How much are we consuming <laughs> in our society? Are we contributing or are we just taking? Are we getting our thoughts, opinions, behavior is shifting because of what we're consuming? Is it for the better? Is it for the worse? Is it for the detriment of us? And those are the things that we have to really think about. Those are the things that we have to focus on. And those are the things that we have to work to improve in order to be the best version of ourselves, but also really solidify our identity. And one more thing I want to say, because you were a fan of Smallville also. So I watched and, a couple of episodes. Okay, well, I obsessed. That's what I am, obsessed with Smallville. And um, when I rewatched it, I realized that a lot of the principles that I've kind of like lived my life by are things that Jonathan Kent taught Clark. And um, and I just thought that was really interesting. And, you know, when he dies, if you read the comic books, you already knew that. Sorry for the spoiler. Um, when he dies, I was like, it, every time I watched it, I literally feel like my dad. lost a father figure? No, I feel like I lost a father because, because of just, I know that's like real rough, but Oh, really because like it's so many of those principles that I like I've kept with me and I never I I didn't realize and when I rewatched Smallville in um like 2020 um I like didn't I hadn't realized how many of those principles I had kept with me you know and how and like how just how it's made me who I am like my ability to forgive my ability to believe and want to see the best in people you know, those are things that I got from Jonathan teaching Clark. The idea that there's always an option, you know, there's always something you can do. And just because a choice is not the choice that you want it to be doesn't mean it isn't an option, you know, like just very like things that are like key to who I am. I just found that very, very interesting about how something I consumed because when the show first came out, I was in elementary school and middle school. And then rewatching it as an adult and saying, like, holy shit, like, this is who I am. And it's because of the show. So John Snyder, Tom Welling, writers of Smallville, if you're listening, thanks. Yeah, we grow up, you know, some of us grew up on that TV era. And there was a lot of wholesome family shows that had great parental figures. 
um, Jonathan Kent. I know there was a lot of like sitcoms back in the days in the 80s, the early 90s that had strong parental figures that people that America could look up to. And even and they even had like different combinations. Like in Moesha, it's a father and a stepmom, you know, so everything wasn't. And even in the nanny, she becomes a stepmom. So like it wasn't just one version of a family, even full house. That's three men raising daughters. Yeah. What was the uh, relationship and who's the boss? Do you remember who's the boss? Mm, who's in that one? Tony Danza and people. One of the Alyssa Milano. I you know I'm thinking three 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 Three's company. No, I'm thinking three men and a baby. Oh, so sorry. I, I'm three men and a baby. Two and a half men. I'm thinking three men and a baby. Is that a TV show or a movie? Alyssa. It's a movie. It's a movie. That's three. That's three men who that's don't know who. Guy? Yeah, who they don't know who the father is, and so they raise the baby together until they find out. That's because an easy DNA test was just not. Oh, uh, I mean, this was the '90s or '80s. 90? It might have been early early nineties. Yeah, it was. Or even look who's talking. Look who's talking. Uh, John Travolta means uh, not Christy Brinkley, the one who was on Coke. Um, Kirstie Alley. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. No, no. Kirstie Alley is 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 batshit insane. Allegedly. Okay. But when but when John Travolta meets Kirstie Alley's character, she's already pregnant, um, and he becomes like the stepfather off rip. There was how many look who's talking? At least two. There's, I think, three because they, they, in the first one, they have the first, they have the, they have, she's pregnant with her boss's child in the first one. In the second one is when they, they have their daughter. I think a third one, they're in the country. Ah, okay. It's like Homer Bound. Um, all right. So before we do anything, is there anything we want to say to close up identity, digging deep this episode? Be who you are. Yeah. Um, we, we stress the importance of working on yourself. But also take a moment. This right here, just use this. And when this episode is over, not now, when the episode <laughs> ends, really think about who you are. Think about your influences. Think about are they positive. Think about are they negative. Think about your social media use. Think about like Naughty was saying, do I need to take a break from it for a little while to work on my positive? Do I need to take a break on it so I can focus on who I am outside of what I'm consuming? Same for your Netflix streaming or your TV watching, your media consumption in general. Is it helping? Is it helping to shape my identities in ways I would be proud of? Or is it harming or hindering my growth? for me to really figure out who I am. Yeah. So if you're like cursing people out, maybe stop watching Hell's Kitchen. Yes. Yes. Or if you're ready to fight off rip, Bad Girls Club is not the way. Shit, I should have said Blue Girls Club. I don't even remember what the name of his cult girls were. I think they're both Bad Girls. I think he just has a, his own version of Bad oh. Girls Club. Well, yeah. If you are getting a tattoo of a man's face on your neck, no ring, no... No paperwork? Get off the gram. Yeah, definitely. Please. Um, all right. So let's now transition to the what teaches. The teacher recommends. I was going to say your favorite. I was trying to overlook the fact that it's my favorite this time because by at this point, you should know. Nobody likes it too, y'all. It's just really my favorite segment. 
Yeah, because it's been his favorite. This was like yeah, the one, this was the thing in the, po- like when we were planning the podcast, he was like, we have to have yes, a recommend. I, I definitely. <laughs> like before we even started recording. In the planning stages, I was like, hey, we have to have a recommend. And then he had, yeah, but it was, he had a different outline for it and I kind of commandeered that. So sorry. But um, no, you don't remember you had a whole plan for how it was supposed to go. And and it, obviously you could tell it didn't go that way, but still my <laughs> favorite segment. So I am going to recommend because, this, uh, you know. Wait, this, you sure you don't want to recommend Smallville? I don't think we've actually officially recommended. Okay, well then I'm recommending Smallville. It's on Hulu. It's streaming on Hulu, okay? If you know, if you, if you DM us, you know, I'll send you a DVD box because I still have mine, but you got to send it back. I don't, I don't really trust you that much. We, we want you to, it's a loner. It's like <laughs> it's, it's Blockbuster. It's a loner. Yes. You know, it's like the OG, it's like Blockbuster, like OG Netflix. You, you send it out. You, I want it back. Um, so sorry. Uh, but I also wanted to recommend um, Our Father. It's on, on uh, streaming on Netflix. Uh, if you've ever seen Vince Vaughn's mo- movie, uh, Delivery Man, this is like the much creepier version of that movie. It's a documentary, so yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about a, uh, you know. No spoilers. D- can I just give it over? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. All oh, right, okay. If they can find it in the trailer, we should tell them. Yeah, so it's about, a do- it's about um, what is it called? A fertility doctor and how he helped his many patients. Uh, my recommendation is something I watched before, but I revisited. It's called The Good Place. Um, it's with uh, Kristen Bell and, and William Jackson Harper, who plays Chidi Adegunwe. That's our like fave character. Yes, but Chidi is awesome. Tell him the other character you love. Oh, Tahani? The other character you love. You talking about Ted Danson? Yeah. I'm giving her a look. Um, I Ted Danson's a great actor. He does a lot of work. I'm still holding that Whoopi Goldberg roast. It. I'm still holding the blackface. Yes, the blackface. That was at the Whoopi Goldberg um, roast. Oh, I thought he did that before that also. Uh, he probably did. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But, I mean, he was good in it. Everybody was good in it. Um, Chidi was a revelation as this, you know, indecisive guy who is trying to help sneak a woman who they think has been falsely placed in the good place and the good place is a metaphor for heaven um content warning it does have to do with death and the perceived afterlife so there's a good place and there's a bad place and obviously you could tell which one would be which um they just try to sneak her because they think she doesn't belong there um in this place and hilarity hijinks it's well written it's well thought out um, it's existential. It'll have you thinking. Also, um, it 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 has some great characters. I'm a huge Nicole Byer fan, and if you don't know Nicole Byer, look her up. She has a, a a special on Netflix. She also has one of my favorite Netflix shows called Nailed It. I'm also recommending that. Yes, <laughs> Nailed It. On um, if you want a good quick laugh, and you have like. 25 minutes to spare throw on one episode of nailed it nicole buyer is she is goal and i hope that she gets all the work she's everything i've seen her in even when she was on that z-way episode she was great even when she was on girl code yes she has always been great nicole buyer one day you should be on our podcast we'll talk about that i'll, I'll email you well no we'll slide into her dms we're not okay. going to email her 
I'm older than you, so the sliding in the DMs isn't more. It doesn't roll off the tongue for me. I was like, I'll write, I'll send you a fax. Like, I'm not that old. I'm not that old. He is that old. It's okay. Oh, I'll fax you. Like, what the hell are you talking about? But um, yes. Can you imagine someone sending a fax, being like, "What a fuck"? You think that? Well, I mean, I'm sure that they've done that. People, people, somebody, somebody. I'm sorry, I'm screaming out. Somebody definitely photocopied their dick. Oh, yeah. And then faxed it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know about fax, but people no, they photocopy their dick all the time. Because I used to have a fax machine in my house so you can get a, a private message. Are you saying you got unsolicited dick pics? No, 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 no. Fax? No. Because I would, when I had a fax machine, I was four. No, that's what I'm saying. But like, you know, it came up and you looked at it and it was like, what the fuck is this? Maybe it's a, a like repress, repressed memory. Ooh, ooh. Hope not. Hope not. Well, we that went was, to a whole That was a really dark there. joke. That was a dark yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to try something before we end this episode. Um, Off the cuff, anything you want to say, talk about, discuss really quickly? No, I think we really talked it out. Off the cuff, is there anything I want to say? um, Is there anything you want to say off the cuff? What's um, on your mind? I guess uh, really what's on my mind is what we can do in order to continue to promote the podcast. I have some things I was thinking about maybe doing some mixes and putting like it on idea. the naughty and the teach um you know link tree so that people can link it maybe get a soundcloud we can no you might be able to put it on spotify and oh, then yeah, we, right, can, right. we can make a um do another playlist like we we can, you could probably put it on spotify and, and put um naughty and the teach as the creator mm-hmm. so then it'll both come up both Will and it then, come up on the podcast or should it be separate? No, it'll it will be separate because or ooh, we can upload it on the podcast as an episode too. Oh, okay. But it can also, but um, but I be, if you if you yeah, we can upload it on the podcast and then we can do SoundCloud. We'll, we'll definitely figure out the best about, but that's something I'm thinking about doing. We're really thinking about how to expand. We appreciate everybody who's listening to us. Uh, we appreciate this love, the support the messages we receive um the 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 fans we we really appreciate you you're the reason that keeps us going we don't just like to hear ourselves talk we really like to put out great content and we're thinking about ways to really keep you entertained if you're going to consume something and you're going to consume us we want to hope that we can do things that will help benefit you and is good for your soul Damn, did I just make like a chicken noodle soup You did God damn it Oh like your Gemini friend Kanye he All has right. he has a lyric like that. All right. It might be time for us to end this episode. I'm tired of hearing about Gemini. And every time we talk about Gemini, it's only Kanye. I'm sorry. Hendrix a Gemini. But he doesn't have a chicken noodle soup lyric that I know from that uh, he has. I got you. I got you. All right. Miles Davis. Let's start. Is Miles Davis a Gemini? Gemini. That's what the man, the man at um what is it, Dos Toros. He told you that you were a Gemini like Miles Davis. I Gemini think it man. Was, um, was it Dos Toros? No, what's the name of that place? Those Caminos. Those Caminos. There you go. Yeah, well. All right, y'all. We are going to wrap this up. We will see you next week. Bye.